The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, September 18th, 2023, season 19, episode number 33. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And today we get to talk about a big win. Cowboys win 30-10 to 10 versus the New York Jets. They do a back-to-back on the state of New York. And I guess New York, New Jersey, however you want to put it. But they both. both. And uh, between the two games, scored 70 points and only gave up 10. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Cowboys are fit, sitting pretty right now. And looking good in a division where three teams are sitting pretty and looking good. Uh, So it's going to be one of those kind of seasons. It'll be fun. We'll keep going today, though. We'll break down this win uh, of the Cowboys uh, from yesterday. Let's start first with the man, Dak Prescott. He goes 31 of 38, 82% completion rate, uh, 255 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a quarterback rating of 112.2. How did you assess this game? Dak was surgical, uh, and and he wasn't perfect, but he was, in fact, surgical. I mean, you start off the game going 8 for 8, then 12 for 13. You get things going on the first offensive drive of the game. You march down 12 plays, 75 yards, 5 minutes, 41 seconds off the clock, and it ends in a touchdown. That was a masterpiece um, to open the game for the Dallas Cowboys. And and the fact that the Cowboys won the toss and did not defer showed you what the goal was for Mike McCarthy in that offense. It was to get them going and to show the Jets' defense that we're not afraid of you. We've heard all of this about how we're going to have a hard time against you, but we're going to basically run this down your throat, throw it down your throat. You're going to have to deal with it. CeeDee Lamb, fantastic game, 143 yards on 11 receptions, tied a career high in receptions, only eight yards shy of uh, surpassing his career uh, most as far as receiving yards. A lot of questions about, you know, if Brandon Cooks cannot go, what does this look like for CeeDee Lamb um, against the Jets defense who might not try to key in on Michael Gallup, Kevontae Turpin, Jalen Tobert. Shouts out to Tobert, who also, he had three uh, catches yesterday. He did his thing. But CeeDee Lamb is, is just maniac mode. So this offense, even when it was not whole, you talk about no Tyler Smith, talk about no Brandon Cooks, against a number three ranked Jets defense that turned Josh Allen over four times. You go up against this team and you turn it over zero times. Um, and then the defense took it over from there. So uh, offensively, great game. Surgical from Dak Prescott. Defensively, special yet again. I know there are some red zone concerns there, but and I'm sure we'll get to it later. Oh, yeah. But overall, I think Dak, so far, he's not, he's had such a clean game. And going back again, and don't ask him again uh, about the interceptions. Do he made that clear yesterday uh, at the press saucy. conference. Yeah, yeah. He's I like, like I'm it, actually though. glad he did. Uh, yeah, I like, I'm glad I like it. I'm what glad about the year before? Yeah. And the year before. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, good, good for him, and that's the yeah. way he should be. Uh, but I think he's done a really, really nice job, despite everything that happened last year, despite all the criticism. He, once again, is able to protect the ball and not – take too many wild, crazy risks that are unnecessary. And what he did, you talked about CeeDee Lamb, those long throws. I mean, they were beautiful uh, in some of those 
throws that he made. And again, you talked about Tyler Smith not being in, them not having their complete O-line starters there. He's still being able to perform at a pretty good level and the O-line has done a really nice job holding up, giving him the time that he needs. He was only sacked once, uh, right? I know he he yes, ran and then yeah, they got sack. him. Yeah, um but they've they've done such a good job and I don't and I know fans because I know myself too watching the games and being like, okay, I know they can be better. I think they should be better. Uh they should be scoring more. They should be scoring faster but at the same time you don't need them to be that just yet and you know they have the the tools and the talent there and it'll come at the moment that it needs to happen but so far the complimentary football that you got going on between the defense and the offense what they're doing right now I think it's excellent and if it goes as it's going right now, they should be getting very far ahead this season. Yeah, the play caller is doing a really nice job, and they're doing a good job of scheming things as well. There have been really some creative things. You'll get into the red zone stuff I'm sure we'll talk about. There were some things that they tried to set up, and the Jets did a good job of defending some of the things, some of the different sets that the, the Cowboys tried to go to. There was a couple of missed blocks down there that cost them some problems as well. The Really, the only two throws, you can think about the throws that went to the middle of the field, the one that went to Gallup that was a little high. Lamb came down with one in the middle of the field. But other than that, the, the, the pass he tried to throw in the red zone to Ferguson, Ferguson was just a yeah. little, yeah, Ferguson did a good job of winning off the line of scrimmage. It's a pass that Dak would probably want back. Yeah. Last week when we were breaking down the Jets, we're saying don't be late with the ball to the outside. Sauce, Sauce Gardner. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the danger when you play against the Jets and, and these two cornerbacks. If you're late with the ball, I mean, they're trying to run – CD out of the slot and just run him on the out and Dak's like I'm not sure I'm not sure now I'm going to throw it you know that could have been a, a, a that could have been a really a disastrous play for you you know sometimes you catch breaks along the way but I think offensively the play caller did a really nice job of getting his guys in the right uh, the right sets as Ambar mentioned the offensive line was outstanding and then you had some young guys uh, you know like guys like Turpin that picked up the slack Schoonmaker with the route he ran to get open for the touchdown. Those young guys have to pick up the slack when others are out like cooks. I'll go back real quick to that beginning of the game. I don't want to spend too much time here, but I do think it's worth a mention. Patrick, you talked about it, them deciding that they were going to take the ball as opposed to deferring. Mm -hmm. I am That's one of those That's something you're people. very passionate about, <laughs> Derek. And I've always been this way, always defer, because I always feel like the advantage of being able to possibly, it's exactly what happened with the Jets, of being able to score, and then get halftime, win the first, and then get the they, ball back. They call it the eight minutes. Right. You, win, you win the middle of the game. Right. You, you get a score, and then you take the ball and score again. There's no yeah, other yeah. time in the game where you have an opportunity to get the ball back-to-back -back without a turnover. Yeah. And to me, that's a valuable commodity if it works out that way. So that's why you always defer. But I did think about it a little differently after the game. Well, if you, I, wait, can I say something real yeah, quick? Sure. It flipped. Dallas did score, and they got a three and out from the Jets. Right. right. See, sure. so And that doesn't normally happen. Yeah. But it, it's one of those, yeah, you know, it's it, it's one of those kind of things that you kind of have to, you know, think about, right, to, as it's going along. And that's the thing. Like, it did make, make me rethink a little bit. If, if they're thinking about it like this team is so good on the defensive side yeah. of the ball, if they can get an early lead, mm -hmm. they quickly – 
force a team into abandoning their strategy of right. wanting to run. We talked about, yeah, the it's, the, it's the boa constrictor, right? It's the same thing. So maybe it's that. And if and if that's the strategy, and I'm kind of changing my tune a little bit on deferring all the time because in a team for a team like this, and we saw it happen last week, we saw it happen again this week, you get to the third quarter, and really – in the third quarter of this game, the Cowboys didn't have it. Like it wasn't a situation where the Jets had to abandon a run. Yeah, but I bet they were feeling the pressure. Yeah. and and you could tell by their play calls they were feeling the pressure a bit. Mo- I think it was six of the eleven runs called runs that they had in that game happened in the first two series of the game. Yeah, and as the game wore on, they started feeling more and more pressure to have to try to make something happen, which re- resulted in them throwing the ball more and more, which played right into Dallas's hands. No, it, you're absolutely right, and the thing that I. I I'm always impressed by the way, though, that, uh, you know, the Cowboys defense and their ability to and, and like the I think the tone of the game defensively was set on the very first play for for the defense. And the fact that mm-hmm. that, you know, you were able to take Golston started the game at left end, which is normally tank spot. Mm-hmm. And what they did was like, OK, we're going to put our best run defenders on the field to start this game. Like, you want to go ahead and try and run the ball on us. So they flip Tank from the left side to the right side. Mm-hmm. And then he's able to make the play minus four right off the jump. So now you're like the Jets. You're going, okay, this is what we're going to deal with today. <laughs> right. We're going to deal with, we think that we're going to be able to run the ball opposite. You don't want to run at Tank. You just don't. He's one of your better edge defenders. So what the Cowboys do, they're thinking, okay, this you know Hackett's going to turn and he's going to hand the ball and they're going to go left. They're going to try and get something going left here and, and see if they can pop a play. Quinn and the group, very smart, says, no, we're going to flip our best run defender onto the other side. And Golston makes the start at left end. So Dan Quinn and that staff does a great job of taking things away from you. And the players execute so well that they put you in really bad down and distant situations. And it works, to, it works very, very well. It was a, a master masterful job by Dan Quinn like you said of scheming and getting players in position to kind of throw the Jets off completely there was another play where Brees Hall tried to go right up the middle but he was met by Micah Parsons and I bet he was not expecting that because typically Mike is coming off of the right edge but on that particular play Mike was playing more inside yeah. and then he beat his guy and he got Brees Hall for TFL so the Cowboys were mixing and matching and they were playing the matchup game perfectly uh, and then when you look at it from an offensive standpoint and, and hopefully the, the young man is okay. Chumay Doga, he left with an elbow injury in the third quarter. Quarter, But we talked about him having another big test, a huge test against Quentin Williams. You talk about somebody who did well against a monster in Quentin Williams because the Jets, for the most part of the... Did Quentin Williams play? That's my point. He, he he did he did beat a block one he time. Did. He he, did. he yeah. got he got past. Uh, he just didn't destroy the game. Which no, no, don't destroy. There was only one particular time where I and I say I think I tweeted yeah. as well. I was like Quentin Williams just taught Chuma Idoga a lesson yeah. on that particular yeah. play. But the remainder of the plays, he was silenced for the most yeah. part, yeah. and that was with the Jets keeping him away from Zach Martin. So the fact that he was silenced for all but one, maybe two plays, yeah. good job by Chumi Doga. But, I mean, going back to that Cowboys defense, it, they're special and they're showing why. And it's not simply because they have playmakers at every spot on the defense. It's because they're being orchestrated and coordinated by the best defensive mind in in all of football right now. And it is just a pleasure to see it. And one thing I will say, going back to your question about, and, and I'm also a mostly defer guy as well, because I I want the offense to start the the third quarter just in case things don't go well in the first half. But I think showing the Jets that you were not afraid of their defense then 
script your scripted plays were just mwah, hang it in the Louvre. You march down 75 yards methodically and then you score. But it also kind of goes to Mike McCarthy feeling so confident that, yeah, we'll let the Jets have the ball to start the third quarter. We're going to get the ball right back. And then what happens? Three and out, Cowboys offense right back on the field early in the third quarter. So it worked out on all fronts. Well, given McCarthy's history since the time he's been here, I think he's always been the type of guy that he wants to find out early in the game. Like, is he going to be this way or is he going to be that way? Yeah. He likes to figure out, you know, and we talk about previous years, previous season where it's like, why did he make that decision? Why did he try to kick it or go for it on this play? And he was asked about it after the game, and this was his response. He said, it's just a part of game management and how you feel the offense lines up against their defense and vice versa. We just really wanted to get going with that. That first drive, we put a lot of work into the start of the game, and we just wanted to try and get out front, out of front. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I exactly think it, what you guys said. It gave him an opportunity as well to figure out with no cooks in the game, he probably felt like that he needed to find out what they were going to do to CeeDee Lamb. Because that's the one way to me that you stop the Cowboys. The San Francisco 49ers proved that. When Pollard went out of the game, what did they do? They took Lamb out of the game. Mm-hmm. And with yeah. no cooks in the game, and you got a secondary that covers pretty well, I bet you Mike McCarthy and his group found like that they were going to get a lot of bracket coverage. You know, that they were going to get the safety shaded to CeeDee Lamb's way. And so what they did was they tried to move him around and kind of keep him on the inside and keep him away from. And once that the Jets declared that they were just going to play him pretty straight up, then that's where Mike McCarthy went into the play calling and trying to get, you know, CD the slant play, you know, that they were able to hit for the big gain. Uh, you know, some of the other routes, the the the, the pass the, at the early, uh, the first series, the it was a stutter go, kind of a t- double move, and, you know, he was able uh, to, to get past the corner on that. So once they figured out what, how the Jets were going to play him, then they got into their offense and saying, okay, we're going to be fine here. We don't have to rely on Gallup and then and Tolbert as much or these tight ends because they're really not taking Lamb away. And what they also did was what I was hoping they would do, it, which was drag those linebackers, which is a fantastic linebacker unit for the New York Jets. They dragged them out of the middle. If you look at that first drive, it was such a heavy dose of Pollard. It was Pollard run. It was Pollard flat. It was Pollard run. It was Pollard flat. And that made the safeties and corners kind of start looking into the backfield. And then there's a shot to CD. That was the warning shot on that first drive that this might be a big day for CD, but then they went back to Pollard more, Pollard more. Now let's get Jake Ferguson on the touchdown for the short yardage. So I love how the chess game was played with Mike McCarthy in the play calling. And yeah, red zone, we have some questions and we'll talk about that over the course of the show. But uh, even those things in the red zone, when we get to that point, the play call was not necessarily as much the issue as the execution or the lack of vision on that particular play by that particular player. We'll talk about it. But I mean, I love the play calling by Mike McCarthy. Was it perfect? No. But was it great? Yes. Same with Dak Prescott. Was he perfect? No. Talk about the the sale pass to Jake Ferguson. He yeah. wants that one back. That's an example. He could have had a three touchdown game, right? So, but he was very efficient, very surgical. And what do we constantly talk about the Cowboys having to win to put themselves in position to dominate games? Third down. The Cowboys were dominant on third down in this game. And I saw a stat yesterday. Dak Prescott. He's basically just searing the field as far as other NFL quarterbacks on third down he is by far the best on third down so far through two weeks let's uh we're going to take a break but real quick i'll make a quick note before we go to break uh one thing to note yesterday and we talked about it le- or, or later earlier last week uh there were only three times of the 36 routes that cd lamb ran only three times he was lined up across 
from Sauce Gardner. Right. Scheme. I think it, talk about scheming and talking yeah. about putting him and figuring out where you're going to put him. Right. They knew where Gardner was going to be. He didn't move around. I think right. he was. I think well, on the 79 snaps that he had, only 71 of them. Yeah. 71 of them, he was on the left side. Right. He flips. They flip him when we talked about. We broke down the Jets. They flip him when they get down in the red zone for yeah. some reason. Yep. And that's why one of the plays that we'll get into. Uh, uh, one of the problems they had in the red zone was, I think, a really good Jets defensive play. Right. But like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit. But that's one yeah. thing to note. And when you talk about how the Cowboys prepared for this game, I think it wasn't a coincidence that he wasn't lined up no, across no. from their best no. corner. No. And when you didn't have Cooks on the opposite side, right. that was a way to be able to negate that and really be able to get the most out they of They didn't waste his snaps. That's exactly right. Put him against Sauce Gardner. All right, we're going to take our uh, first break. When we come back, we'll dive in a little bit deeper on this offensive day. Talk about CeeDee Lamb's day, man. That was a big day, 11 of 13 uh, with 143 yards. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from my next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Check out the latest and greatest addition to the tours at AT&T Stadium and at the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain and into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones with a focus on innovative fan experience in partnership with AT&T. This interactive technology gives tour goers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tour, visit DallasCowboys.com tours. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break, live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right, let's talk a little bit about C.D. Lamb. He had 11 catches on 13 targets, 143 yards. Were you guys at all surprised that he was able to be this effective uh, without really having much support from the other wide receivers? I know we talked about it last week. If you didn't have Cooks, you were going to need something from Tolbert. You were going to need something from, uh, from Gallup. 
Uh, maybe from Turpin. Tolbert had three catches for 18 yards. Turpin had one catch for nine. Gallup had one catch for three. Didn't really get a lot of production out of the wide receiver group. Were you kind of surprised that they were able to be as successful with, with Lamb without that? I wasn't surprised as far as his ability to do what he did yesterday. So that's not a shock to me. We've seen CeeDee Lamb do it 150-yard games before. Um, but against, like you said, contextually speaking, against this secondary and without Cooks playing opposite you, that was surprising to see him be not effective. I knew he'd be effective, but to see him be that effective, I'd be lying if I said I, I was not surprised to see. You know, If you told me that he would get 143 yards on 11 catches, 13 targets against this Jets secondary that we talked about, DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, the ability of their linebackers, their you know, secondary overall, and again, without Cooks, I'm not buying that. I, I would probably buy a 75-yard game with a touchdown, but not 143. So uh, credit to, again, Credit to Mike McCarthy, the way he schemed this up. Brian Schottenheimer assisting with the coordination of the offense as well. And also credit to Dak Prescott because he's the one doing the, pre, you know, the pre-snap reads and he's the one pulling the trigger on the ball, getting it out effectively, trusting CeeDee Lamb because they had some timing issues last year that led to some interceptions. But you're seeing those two are in lockstep. And I love what Dak Prescott said after the press conference. He said, if you go back and look at this film, look at my feet, Dak's feet, and look at the receiver's feet. And he said those the timing of their footwork is in lockstep, and that's what's helping with the snap release, snap release. So I love to see and continuing to see what Dak and CD are building. It's rolling over from training camp. They had magnificent chemistry in training camp, uh, and now we're seeing it transfer over to the regular season. So I don't those interceptions that you saw last year because of timing issues. Uh, I'm not saying they'll never happen over the course of 17 games plus the playoffs, but you're not going to see them timing again between those two guys. I'm surprised, and this is this is the Jets just not having a willingness to move their corners. Thanks. You know, that's that they that's Robert Sala and that's what they believe. And you're going to play left side. You're going to play right side. And if you're not going to move or you're not going to overlap or you're not going to play press and you're going to let him have free access and routes and you're going to let him throw delay screens to him and bubble screens and let him run routes and double move and stuff. That's that's on the Jets. That's on the Jets right there. That's just to me, that's poor defense. When there was a concern, there was a concern about about. Cook's not playing in this game, and could the others step up? Well, really, they didn't. They didn't take Lamb out of the game. And to Lamb's credit, he, you know, he where he was, whether it's slot or you know tight slot, wherever they tried to move him around just to say, okay, well, if they're not going to play him, they're not going to press him, they're not going to bracket him. Well, they will throw him the ball all day. This is more about. Dak and CD, it, it, it was very good on their part. I'm not taking anything away from that. This is more about the Jets just saying, you know what, we think that we're good enough that we could play this thing straight mm-hmm. up. And, you know, you got punished for it yesterday. I don't think I was surprised just because I think we're now seeing just the fruits of CD's talent combined with the coaching staff and Mike McCarthy playing to his advantage, Mm -hmm. positioning him in better places for him to be more successful uh, on the field. And we saw it last year. um, I forgot what game, but when you had Amari Cooper out, um, CeeDee Lamb wasn't producing 
too much. And it was like, okay, you take out somebody like Amari, and now CD Lamb is not necessarily able to fully step up and provide you with what you need offensively. But this year, and, and Mike McCarthy talked about it uh, after the press con- uh, during the press conference, he said they were expecting with with Cooks being out, they were yeah. expecting uh, them to even do double coverage right. on CD, yeah. and just them moving him around the field is becoming now part of their offense. So that's something that we can most likely expect to happen throughout the season where they're just kind of moving CD around. But we know CD is super talented guy, so it's great to see him being able to be successful in that way without a guy like Cooks. Because I said it last week, I'm like, you lose Cooks on the offense, and I think you're missing a huge part of speed and talent and that extra spark. So it's good to see that you feel better that if something was to happen to where now a guy like Cooks is out longer or whatever else happens, you can a thousand percent count on CD. I don't think that, I don't think that, that Dallas is going to play they're, – they're going to be some talented secondaries. But if you're an opponent of the Cowboys and you're sitting in your facility wherever, I think you have to question what the Jets were thinking. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. like, we cannot – it's kind of like, okay, we can't let the Cowboys – we can't let them just rush the passer. That's something we can't have happen on the other side of the ball. We can't let CeeDee Lamb just control the game. But, you know, if, if you're sitting there and you're the Arizona Cardinals and you're like going, well, why would they do that? It, it, a lot of it has to do because they believe so much in their talent. There's some lesser talented defenses in the league that will say, you know what, we'll commit. If they're going to throw the ball, we'll commit to try and stop and CeeDee Lamb in these games. We're not going to let him do that. that. That was just, I think that's just, I think that was very, very overconfident on the Jets' part. Uh, to think that they could just play play this him straight up, and and it, it might go to a little bit too about they didn't think their pass rush didn't get home. Mm. The Cowboys' offensive line did a great job of allowing Dak to throw the football and sit there and have time. He wasn't harassed uh, uh, nearly enough in this game. If you're Robert Sala and that crew, you're thinking like, man, we got eight up because our pass rush was not effective today at all. Here's what's what's funny to me. Um, you know, going into this game, you hear with the fans speak, you hear, oh, this is a trap game for the Cowboys. They're going to play down the competition because it's Zach Wilson. And all week we were saying that's not the culture of this locker room. But Brian just touched on something that sparked a thought in my head. What if lose, hearing that Cooks suffered an injury and then Cooks doesn't play, what if this Jets defense who has been praised all week, all week, yeah, we're, we're the ones, we're the yeah. ones, and we don't have to defend Cooks, all we got to do is shut down Lambo, that maybe they're thinking that's light work. Maybe this became kind of a trap game for the Jets defense, and because they couldn't get home, they couldn't get that pressure on the offensive line, it turned into a horror show for them as well. CeeDee Lamb had 106 receiving yards before the two-minute warning before halftime. That is insane. And it's because he was being moved around, and maybe it's Robert Seller thinking, okay, well, no matter where they put CeeDee Lamb, we have a him that can keep him from getting the ball. Well, as it turns out, you didn't, because the only him that had a chance at stopping CeeDee Lamb was Sauce Gardner. And I think Dak learned a, a quick lesson 
on, like what Brian said last week, why it's important to get the ball out decisively because that one moment where he hesitated in through the ball, that could have been a pick six. Thanks to Sauce for dropping that ball. Um, but outside of that, CeeDee Lamb had carte blanche to do what he needed to do because he was schemed effectively. Kudos to him for, you know, uh, executing like he needed to. Credit to Dak Prescott for executing like he needed to to make sure that connection dominated the game, and it did. And, I mean, that's scary hours for any opposing defense that does not have the personnel um, that Robert Sala has with the Jets defense because Cooks is coming back. It might be as early as this week, but when Cooks comes back and Tyler Smith is back and this Cowboys offense is whole, I mean, good luck to you. Yeah, as good as this offense was yesterday, there was the red zone. Yeah. And that was the area where I think most people coming out of the game had a problem with what the Cowboys did yesterday. I was left thinking to myself, and I don't know if this is a true statement, but it, it at least makes me wonder the kinds of play calls that they were making down in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if McCarthy was thinking, my defense is really good. There's no point to take a lot of chances. I'm going to run the ball a lot more. And even if it's not necessarily a running play that I think is necessarily going to net it, I don't want anything negative to happen. I'd rather just take the three points and then put my defense back on the field. What did you guys see in the red zone, and what do you think was the problem? I think they tried to scheme some touchdowns. I do. Because if you look at the – there was one time where Dak got sacked. It was the one sack that they gave up where – they're going to they got they got a, a bunch formation to the right, but they've got Tolbert really tight next to Steele. Like it's like they're like all these bodies, but they got Tolbert really tight. So what they're gonna do is they're gonna move the pocket right and they're gonna delay. They're gonna make it look like Tolbert's gonna block and then he's gonna release going left. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a throwback, is right. what it's gonna be. Well, the Jets are playing zone. So what happened when Tolbert released he went right into a zone with three Jet defenders right mm-hmm. there. They get in the red zone one time, and they're going to run the ball. And it, the ball's going to go, go away from, uh, from Bass and Smith on the backside. And that's when Quinn and Williams had the tackle for the loss because he just backdoors the play, mm-hmm. and then he's able to do that. They had another time they missed that, that, the pass to Ferguson. Yep. That could have been a touchdown right there. I think there was some scheming that was going on to try – and see if they could maybe put a couple of those in just that way. I also believe, though, the running the football, especially with the way the game was going and the control that the Cowboys had, this might have been Mike McCarthy saying, we need to get a little tougher here. Mm. We need to get a little tougher with our, when we get down there, we have to have an ability to find a way to run the football. You know? and, they, and they tried. They, you know, they, I, I'll, I'll say this, though. Hunter Lipke has got a long way to go. And I'm sorry, the state of North Dakota, I'm not <laughs> killing the guy. I know I'm no longer allowed in that. You still love North Dakota. I, I, it's a beautiful place, North Dakota, and I'm not trying to kill your guy. But they're using him in roles where he's a blocker. And, you know, there was one time where where he, I wasn't sure. it. Ty, Tyron Smith flat got beat inside. Mm-hmm. You know, and Hunter Lipke was kind of searching, and I was thinking initially, I go, was that Hunter Lipke's guy? No, it was Tyron Smith's guy. But there's another time where Ty, uh, Hunter Lipke's on the edge, and he doesn't quite get the block, and now the jet defender steps up, and it's a gain of, it's a no gain or a gain of one. So there are things that they're doing scheme wise, the execution part of it we talk about, but the, there were things that like they tried. They tr- it wasn't just okay, three yards in a cloud of dust offense. It was. 
okay, we're going to try and scheme it. Jets played it well. But the times that they did try and run it, I think it was more about McCarthy saying that we we have to establish a little toughness. It's been a long time. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to reestablish running the football down in that area. And, and it's good that you brought up Zeke because I had that thought yesterday. I think the absence of Zeke um, impacts the play calling down, particularly when you look at them starting, you know, First, first and goal. goal. First and goal from the one yard yeah. line. You got to get a touchdown there. Like there's no yeah. excuse not to get a touchdown there. Yeah. Um, and last week I said that's that's the perfect situation for you to steal from the Eagles. You have a quarterback who's phys- quarterback. He's physically a unit. He's a specimen. One yard to go. First down. Get back there and push your quarterback over because it's first down. So if it doesn't work, guess what? You still got second and one, and then maybe try third and one. But that should have been the the play on first and one. Just go down there and just man up, push him in. Chose not to do that. Okay, fine. No Ezekiel Elliott. So the next thing to do was the scheme to the right end, but not to Hunter Lipke. Yeah. To Peyton Hendershot. Right. Well, that didn't work. Well, why didn't that work? It could have worked, not because of the play call in that instance, because the blocking didn't develop for him to make be successful off of that edge. But yeah. if Hendershot in that I, moment pivots his head to the left, plants his foot, it and goes, goes upfield. Absolutely. That's Nick and abs- I were talking yeah, the same thing. But the, the question they got is, two guys to the outside. Right. And like, Turn, and like and you're right. And go. Hunter Lipke, he's trying. He gets yeah. destroyed on the edge. They've got the block inside. If if and but that's the problem. Sometimes you get a little cute. And you hand the ball to a right. guy that's not used to putting his foot there in the ground go. and, and going straight up. Yep. And going. So if that were if that were anybody like if that would have been anybody else that was a skill player on this team, yeah. they probably can make that play. A tight end, as athletic as a Hendershot yeah. is, probably just isn't accustomed to being able to be able to put plant that foot and sprint hand into the, the ball, end zone. Hand yeah. the ball to and, and I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to create an uh, where they're trying to get three big bodies mm-hmm. right. to one Mismatch. side. Yep. Where if you just say if you hand the ball to Turpin that right. way, he makes that he's play. gonna he's He's going to plant and he's going to Go. dive. Right. And that's what and you know what that's happened. You, you get a big six five tight end kind of lumbering, and now he's not sure because Hunter Lipke's kind of getting getting beat up, and you know the block at the point's not really clean for him. He's not used to planting that foot and getting up inside. So you, sometimes you get a little cute, and a little cute gets you in trouble. Agree, and that's what happened in that situation. And you know with that play call. The play call itself wasn't going to be effective because how the blocking did not develop right. on the edge. But the blocking developed on the inside. So at that point, the yeah. the person with the ball in this instance, Hendershot, you can make you can help your play caller right there by saying, "Hey, vision cut, turn up field, yeah. Yeah. lean," because it's one yard. So he Dive. cuts up, and the momentum mm-hmm. takes him to the end zone. So it's little things like that, and it's instances where you know I would like to see them be talk about them, you know, wanting to man up. I want to see them use Dak Prescott more. One first and goal from the one, push him in there. Don't be afraid to steal from the Eagles. It's working. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, I'll say this. If the worst problem that the Cowboys have coming out of the first two weeks is that red zone hasn't been as great as they want, but they've still scored 70 points, mm-hmm. then they're doing something right. Yeah. And you would, as Amber said, you would expect that as time goes on, they'll get better and better at whatever the, the deficiency is, and you want to hit their peak well, as they get later into the season. Well, let me say this real quick, too. We talked about the Schoonmaker touchdown on the mesh where he went across and it was open. Boom. You got a two-point play was a good run. I mean, they were down yeah, yeah. there on the oh, one-yard yeah, line. Oh, yeah. They, you know, they get a block. They get a block from Ferguson. Uh, Hunter Lipke is going to lead in there. They get Steele gets a block. They cave that thing down, and next thing you know, it's a two-point play. That that's kind of like a goal line run right yeah. there, is what it yeah. is. And I, and I also love 
kind of really quickly going back to we talked about CeeDee Lamb and his ability to take over that game. Uh, look at a guy like Jalen Tolbert and uh, opening up the third quarter on that particular series, the ball got thrown to him several times. And it was kind of like a release valve to show the Jets, like you really, you got to, account for this guy as well and then when you get down into the red zone and, and Jalen Tobert is uh, targeted by Dak Prescott he draws the DPI penalty you know and then that leads to a rough in the pass etc cetera, etc cetera. so good job getting Jalen Tobert involved and good job on Jalen Tobert stepping up when the Cowboys needed him to step up all right let's take our final break we'll come back we got to talk about my man Brandon Aubrey yeah the day that he had we'll do that when we come back DallasCowboys.com radio Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change, a proud partner of the Cowboys, is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Dallas Cowboys game time powered by Lenovo, the official gaming platform and community of the Dallas Cowboys. Sign up now to compete in the Madden 24 for a chance to win two tickets and a VIP experience to the 2023 Dallas Cowboys home game. Qualifiers begin uh, on October 6th and run through October 13th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboysGameTime.com. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. We're talking about the Cowboys win over the New York Jets, 30-10. to 10. They are rolling. Uh, this week they have a uh, game against a team that probably is not going to put up a huge fight. But don't, that's don't do that. As you you're right, as you know in fan, the NFL, anything can happen about trap game any Sunday. Uh, this week we will travel to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. And then next week you're back home to take on the Patriots. And then we get to the game we all want to see. Cowboys mm. will head to San Francisco uh, for a rematch of last year's. You got New England in between for that. That's what I said. Yeah. I said oh, I, I, I was said, so sorry. Yeah, I, said I, you got, I said you got, Car- you got I the, totally, the Cardinals. Yeah. And then you're back home to play Patriots. Right. And then 
San Francisco. I'm sorry, I'll do a better job of listening. I get accused that I'm an actual radio <laughs> show. All right, here's what we're going to do. We need, do need to talk real quick, though, about uh, the kicker, Brandon Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, 5 of 5 on field goals, 35 yards, 21 yards, 55 yards, 26 yards, 30 yards, and uh, eight kickoffs, eight touchbacks. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can have a more perfect day than that as a kicker, but uh, have we found, have the, have the Cowboys found their kicker to the point where you no longer have to worry as soon as a, the, 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 the kicking no. situation comes up? Or are you still sitting there like, I don't know? I watched Dan Bailey fall apart one time. Yeah, that happens. I've, I've seen, I, you know what, I, I'm always kickers now, unless you're the guy at the University of Texas that kicks with the Ravens. Yeah. He's a good I'm just kind of thinking it's a week-to-week proposition. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I, you know, and I, I worked in, I worked with the Cowboys in scouting for six years, where we had a guy named Steve Hoffman that used to find yeah. kickers. Never had to evaluate kickers in my life. Never had to go out and say, "Oh, wow, this guy can do it. This guy can do it." Because a guy like Steve Hoffman always showed up. He'd go down to a Cowboys-sponsored uh, uh, home place and you know find a. Find a uh, a kicker among the group. He'd have ten guys take him to Texas Stadium, and then one of those guys would turn into an All Pro kicker. And you know, so I, I'm like, I don't know about these kickers, but Steve Hoffman did. I take the approach now because some of these guys, they look really, really, really good, and then the next week you need them, and they cannot find one. Mm-hmm. So I am, I will be cautiously optimistic that they've, they've chosen the right one here. And he, my friends, I'll say this, my friends around the league who do know kickers say initially when this guy was signed that he is wired right. So that I take as he maybe he won't fall apart on you. the mental part. Maybe he won't fall apart on you. I have a confidence meter that I've applied to the Cowboys kicking situation. Um, and my confidence meter will go up and down depending on what happens on any given week yeah. uh, with Aubrey. And it's because I don't... I mean, to be honest, I have a little bit of PTSD from seeing, you know, Brett Maher fall apart sure. in the playoffs. And, and at that point, he had Brett Maher had a resurgent regular season. And we were like, oh, the cow- he's OK. OK, here we are. And we thought Brett Maher would be here a couple more years, whatever the case may be. And that did not happen. The wheels fell off. The yips happened. And, and he's been suffering from it ever since. Um, so with that being said, and you combine that with the fact the Cowboys haven't located their him at kicker in the post Dan Bailey era just yet. I'm going to operate on a confidence meter right now. My confidence meter uh, is 90 percent with Mm. Brandon Aubrey. That's strong. And he's not going to be able to get to 100 percent with me until he does. He has a fantastic uh, season. And that includes showing me he can do it in the postseason as well. And then you ask me where my confidence meter if it's at 100 percent in mid-February. And I'll tell you what the answer is. But, I mean, give this guy his roses. He's seven for seven in field goal attempts um, and to go, you know, his first two games. Uh, Then the question was, well, we know he has the boot because you talk about the touchbacks. I mean, he's a touchback machine. But does he also have the accuracy with the boot? 55-yarder. He went out there and, and did his thing yesterday. So 16 points of that 30 for the Cowboys yesterday was on the right foot of Brandon Aubrey. So confidence meter right now, 90%. Can he drive it higher? I hope he does. Have a good week three. Have a good week four. Have a good week five, so forth and so on. And you will inch ever closer. But the fact that I'm sitting here at 90% uh, speaks volumes when you rewind back to asking me this question in training camp when we were having this conversation out in Oxnard when my confidence meter, especially after the blue-white practice, was 
one percent couldn't have been closer to zero without being zero I have to say man this thing looks much like colorado state's chances to win in the colorado game <laughs> yeah. that thing was ticking at 90 yeah. then all of a sudden that thing yeah. shot straight to the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so. I i i appreciate your love for the kicker <laughs> here the i do game appreciate like yesterday, the love. i'll give him the 90. i would say 90 is really confident it's, in this it guy. is i, I mean if i is. ever if i ever get I mean, a 90 is. anything if i get my <laughs> age to 90 i'll be happy <laughs> it is but man you 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 go you i I don't know what you're doing here, man. You're I'm, like, you're, I'm you got giving, him here, but you're like, I don't know. I could just go. Speaking of no. Bob Barker, you could be falling off the cliff <laughs> like that yodeler dude. You, 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 you could. You know, and, and that, that's why we're operating. That's you right there. That's the why we're operating as a meter. That's why it's a meter because it, it could, it could, right, it could fall off next week, and it could drop was, all the way. It could, I was thinking like sixty. No. I'm like about sixty five percent right now. If, maybe, if it were maybe seventy, I don't know. But ninety. Here's what drives it that much higher. Like the guy, like the guy at the Ravens. If we were talking another week like week one where it was two field goal attempts, two field goals made, okay, and he had done that again, so then he'd be four for four in attempts. It's like, okay, I probably would give him 50-55%. I'm like, he's trending in the right direction. But when you go out and when you're marched out there five times for field goal attempts, one of which being a 55 sure, and then you mix in the eight touchbacks the confidence is there. The accuracy is there. He's no longer rushing the, the operation and everything. He feels confident. I see him developing a little bit of swagger. I'm not scared to give him the 90. But I also, again, I'll qualify it by saying this. This is a sliding scale. This is a confidence meter. I will not coordinate What are we guy. doing here, man? You know, honestly, honestly, the fact is, I actually agree with both of you guys. And here's why. Because with kickers... I believe in you until I don't. Right. It, like, it, I'm, like, only 90 right per, now, I'm only 90% your Braves are going to win the World Series. That's only 90%. Right now, I'm 99. I feel extremely confident in this kicker. Send him out there. I don't worry about it. I'm like, do it. Right now. now, he misses one. Then I'm like, whoa. And now, okay, hey. 80. And then he misses the second one. And now I'm like, oh, 65. Oh, God. Now we're playing. Okay, is your type of confidence the type of confidence that when it's time to kick, you get up and go get a snack? You get up and go to the restroom? Right now? Yes. The first extra point of next game, I won't pay that much attention. I will assume that he has, he will make that extra point. Now, if he misses that extra point, all bets off. Right. And now my confidence back down there where I'm like, right. man, I need to watch this. I don't know what's going to happen here. Right. So that's what I'm saying. With kickers, yeah. you trust them until hey. you don't. I think it's I a don't. Quick, it's a quick sliding let scale. Them, let him miss exactly. a game-winning field goal, and we'll see what and we are. Then, right. then it goes and from 90. And let's all talk 25%. Mr. 90, Mr. 90 over here. We'll be down at 30. <laughs> I'll tell you what. As, as I said I would be. Right. So right. if it happens, right. and I hope it doesn't, because right. that means he didn't perform well, and we want him to perform well. But if he doesn't, and my confidence Like I told you guys in week three, I'll tell you what, I've got this confidence in this guy. But right now, I'm not. I don't have any meter of any sort. <laughs> but we'll give that to you, Patrick. I do. Uh, I don't have a meter on um, Cindy Lamb. If I'm, Lamb has a bad game, I'm still 100% in on Lamb. Yeah. That, I that's think what I'm that's with you, Brian. As far as like to me right now, it's a week to week basis. Yes. Just because everything, there's so much that changes every week that you have no control over. Yeah. So he could have, and he could have a bad game, and it doesn't mean that he's already bad and get rid of him. It happens to a lot of people. But I will say this. Credit to to the coaches. Credit oh, sure. to the to the Cowboys and 
sticking with him and believing in him because mm. we, like you mentioned, Patrick, we were at training camp oh. <laughs> thinking I was about to get decapitated by a football that was going to yeah, hit yeah, my head in the middle show. of the show. That was a, show. <laughs> that was a really rough show. <laughs> and we were questioning why I are they not bringing in here, another right, kicker exactly. that's to create competition. Yeah, so anyways, kudos to, him, to, to them for actually seeing it through and yeah. I mean it, it's it's been working so far and I hope it stays that way but right, AG, there's, hey, there's a reason why you and I have won awards together <laughs> oh my god stop <laughs> it alright we appreciate you guys joining us we'll be back tomorrow it's going to be our the big yodler. picture day we'll get in here we'll figure out uh, what the big picture looks like in the NFC East it. and what the picture looks like in the NFC there's a lot of teams out there mm. that are playing pretty well yeah. a lot of interesting things happening around the league though we'll talk about that tomorrow until then for Patrick Walker Brian Broaddus Amber Garcia I'm Derek Eagleton this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!